0: Hey friends, welcome to Monday, January the 31st, and to today's episode of Enough for Today. It's the last day of January 2022. I can't believe it. Uh, this month really just flew by, and as I'm recording this, it's actually for me, it's Saturday, and we're experiencing this big blizzard. So I thought, well, I'll get ahead for the week. I'm kind of locked in today, and I'll record uh, enough for today. So it's just me again this week. If you were with us last week, we had Morris Gleiser and I miss him. I sure had a good time with him. I hope you were blessed by the devotions. We left off in verse 10 of Psalm 35, and today we're going to pick it up in verse 11, and really we're going to try to look at verses 11 through 16 um, and move a little faster in this section. Um, Before I do that, I want to invite you to catch up on the live stream from yesterday, or the archive. It'll go live again tonight at seven o'clock if you missed our church service. Uh, We started a new series yesterday in the Gospel of John, Jesus Up Close. And yesterday, just a foundational, pivotal, frankly, transformational message. And it's one of those that you could share if you're witnessing to a friend who um, is looking for truth, and so many people are. So many people are looking for the gospel. They don't even, they don't even know they're looking for it, but they are. Um, this message is thought-provoking in that we explore the idea of Jesus being the logos, the word, uh, that's the English word for it, but logos is the sum of all truth and all reason, all reality, and how the world is either deciding that there is no such thing Um, or make it up as you go, or um, that somehow the Logos is just a force or a philosophy. But anyway, um, that'll go live tonight at 7. It's also on the live stream archive. So I hope you will share it, use it, be benefited by it, and blessed by it. So we're tracking along with David in this psalm, and it's a rather, uh, a bit of a longer psalm. It's 28 verses. So we're coming to the middle part. David is... Bringing his plea to God specifically relating to a a season or a moment of injustice. And he's praying about his relationship to his enemies. Someone is pursuing him, most likely Saul. Uh, Someone is unjustly slandering him. And um, it's not going well for David in this moment. So he's uh, crying out to God, he's pleading his cause, he's pleading for God to win against his enemies. He's claiming and resting in the provinces, uh, providential promises of God. So he says, we, said, we saw this Thursday and Friday, my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. He knows preemptively, even in the middle of this running and trying to stay alive and feeling so vulnerable, He's differentiating between his emotions and his reality, the promises of God. And he is a reality right now with God is so powerful for us. David is rehearsing with God the reality of injustice. And so he picks up the narrative after this little uh, 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10, this brief respite of I know God's going to deliver me. He dives back in verse 11 into lifting and describing to God what's been going on. He's not just telling us a story. He's telling God the story. And this is so powerful, my friend, especially if you're experiencing injustice in your life or if you have. If you have experienced any kind of abuse or abandonment, or pain, or mistreatment, and it is rampant. Injustice in our society is not just limited to gender bias, or skin color bias, or bigotry of various kinds. Uh, Really, injustice, to greater or lesser degrees, is a problem uh, throughout human history, and it is global. It is intrinsic to human life. And it is very prevalent today, no matter your skin color, no matter your gender, no matter your age, uh, everybody can identify with the experience of injustice. And I think especially those of you that are going to work every day, Monday through Friday, in a secular environment, it's a dog-eat-dog, backstabbing, trample everybody else, or uh, go along with the lie so that you can advance your career. It, that's the kind of world we live in, where justice and truth and reality have just fallen apart. And so everybody's kind of in a self-protectionistic mode, including Christians, unfortunately. Well, verse 11, David says, I'm going to tell God about my situation. And that's what's so powerful about this. So let's read it together. False witnesses did rise up. Can you identify with that? Anybody ever lie about you? They laid to my charge the things that I knew not. So they're saying things about me that have never, not only have they never occurred, I, I've never heard of them, and there's lies going on behind my back I don't even know about. They rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. Uh, that's a, that's a, a, a deep statement, okay? Spoiling is, is to rob the resources from something, okay? So David says, they're, they're draining me. <clears throat> they're draining my soul, They've rewarded me evil for good. He's going to explain that in a minute, but he has done nothing but good to these very people that are now rewarding him evil. Has that ever happened to you? It's a miserable place to be. And if you let it, like David was letting it, it will devour you inside. It'll eat you up. The spoiling of your soul, okay? You'll be restless. You'll be thinking about it while you're trying to sleep you'll wake up thinking about it. A little thing'll trigger it. A little uh, reminder, a little a photograph, a tweet. I mean, uh, something little will trigger the injustice and it will eat you. It will it will be like a like a decaying, rotting cancer eating the resources of your soul. And by the way, those are resources you need in your life. You need them to love other people. You need the peace and hope of God and the promise of God driving you forward because other people need that from you. And so it's, it's this juxtaposition of David has a life to live and a purpose to fulfill, people to love and bless, a person to become, we could say, and yet the, the slander, the injustice, the lies, the abuse that he's been the victim of is spoiling him. It's, it's eating him up. Look at verse 13. He continued to describe, But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth that I humbled my soul with fasting and prayer, fasting and my prayer returned into my own bosom. What is he saying? This enemy, at some point, was sick, and David viewed himself as a servant and as a spiritual co-laborer and warrior, and stood in the gap. Yeah, when he was sick, I humbled myself and fasted and prayed for him, um, and and I I I. I put myself out there, I extended myself in service and in loyalty spiritual loyalty, verse 14 I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother, David said I only knew one relationship with this person I had no ulterior motive no agenda, no politics I had a pure heart, pure conscience toward this person, I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or my brother, have you ever done that? You ever really put yourself out there and extended yourself to somebody? Now, if you were doing it for return, if you were doing it for what it served you, when that person turns on you, betrays you, lets you down, as they inevitably will on some level, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause you great life crisis, great devastation. But that doesn't mean you don't make yourself vulnerable, don't put yourself out there, don't do what's right. It means you do what's right because it's right. It means you do what's right because uh, it honors your God. You do it as unto the Lord. So David said he had really extended himself. He only knew one relationship, friend and brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourneth mourneth for his mother. In other words, I carried the burden that this person was feeling in their sickness. I, I mourned, I grieved, I prayed, verse 15, but in mine adversity... But in my adversity, they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yea, the abjects. I love that. That word is so great. We don't use it today, but it's the the scorners, the slanderers, the, the hurtful abusers, um, the smiters, the abjects gathered themselves together against me. Do you see the good being rewarded for evil that he referred to in verse 12? He's saying, "I when they were suffering, I came to their aid. I stood in. I prayed. I bore the burden. I wanted to be a loyal friend and brother. But when I was suffering, David says, they laughed. They rejoiced. They gathered themselves together. This is backroom conversations. And I didn't know it. They did tear me. they scorned me. They mocked me. And they ceased not One time in my life, I walked in on somebody that I thought was my friend, actually two somebody's that I thought were my friends, and as I walked in, they were specifically visibly on the computer screen, mocking and scorning uh, something about me, and it was this awkward moment, because I could see the look on their faces, and I could see the computer screen was... Uh, in relation to me. And so there was quickly a changing of the screen and a changing of the conversation. And it took me a while to process that, but I was like, yeah, they were scorning me. They were laughing at me. They were mocking me. Uh, But it's kind of like David's saying is, you know, behind my back, they were so happy that I was suffering and that they were tearing against me. I knew it not. They did tear me and cease not. With hypocritical mockers in feasts, they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Modern vernacular might be: They went out to dinner, and and they trash talked me. Um, that's what they did. They mocked me. Um, so David is is really number one experiencing genuine injustice in a relationship that he had known only pure motives, brotherly affection, loyalty, uh, friend, loyal friendship, and spiritual uh, service and support. He wanted to extend himself, uh, and he did, and it was rewarded with evil. So what is his answer, okay? Of course, it's, he says it's spoiling me, it's devouring me, but what is his answer? He takes it to God. He rehearses the injustice. He rehearses the experiences to his God. My friend, that's what I want to leave you with today whatever kind of backstabbing political agenda you've experienced from people that you thought were your friends, don't get embroiled in the drama. Don't let it spoil your soul. Take it to your God because he can change the situation. We'll leave it there for today. We'll pick it up here tomorrow. Happy Monday. See you tomorrow.